What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of 2021, episode number 207, where today we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max, Soul from Disney+, Plus, and News of the World, a theatrical release with Tom Hanks. My name is Grayson Maxwell. And I'm Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are you? How was your Christmas and your New Year's? Why did you say Tom Hanks like that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just that's what's what I do. Tom Hinkles. Tom Hanks. Who's Tom Hinkles? I don't know. That's what I thought when you said it like that because it was weird. Uh, okay. Sounds like a weird <laughs> neighbor who lives down the street. <laughs> Old Tom. Tom, Tom Hinkles. <laughs> Tom Hinkles. Old Tom Hinkles. Always with the shoes off. <laughs> Always walking the dog. <laughs> oh, cra- crazy Tom Hinkle. Oh man, yeah, no, New Year's was good. I drank heavily and played a lot of drunken Beat Saber. Nice, awesome. and I dominated everyone. <laughs> I am becoming quite good at Beat yeah? Saber, and I mean that seriously. All right, all right. You know, uh, that's a weird one, but you know, I can see that. I, I can no, see Roger just dominating people. Saber rules. <laughs> just what like about you, Chris. What'd you get into? Uh, I actually had a very quiet New Year's, which is what I wanted. Oh. So you know, well, Christmas nice. went well, and I just ended Did up. Did you stay up till midnight? I I did. I did stay up till midnight. Like normally people say quiet. You're like, I went to bed at like 11. No, no. I, I stayed up until at least after the ball dropped and then I went to bed. I tried to go to bed immediately after the ball dropped. But for some reason, people don't think it's appropriate to light off fireworks. Like that's become a thing like yeah. recently around here. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get that. Actually, there was a – I flew back to North Carolina early. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? I flew, sorry. I flew back to North Carolina early and uh, on the 31st and I – down at the beach, there was quite an impressive fireworks display. I thought well, see, you, you, you thought it was Fourth of July. At least that makes sense. You know, down yeah. at the beach, we had a nice fireworks display. You know, not in the middle of the small suburban town we live in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Everyone's just like, go to bed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they know in the mood for fireworks in this area. That's well, weird. I mean, uh, look, I mean. We are in 2021, and I resisted the urge to tweet out. I just didn't want it on our social media. But you know, our our, our motto for most movies is I just actually more more often than not, it's it's God. I just hope it doesn't suck. Yeah, <laughs> adding the word in the beginning, but I just hope, and our our motto applies to this year. I just hope this year doesn't suck like 2020 did. Hey, listen, the bar is low. Very. <laughs> It is very low. And mediocrity has come. <laughs> I welcome it. That's actually a very relevant uh, phrase. But, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit as far as movies are concerned. But this is episode 207 of For Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office curtain, upcoming releases, talk about some trailers, and then move into the movies of the week, which this week is quite heavy of a discussion we're looking at. But first, as always, let's get into the box office. Uh, what do you guys think took number one? Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman with a a 5.5 million. Now, th- th- this is covering only this past weekend of January 1st to the 3rd. Of course, Wonder Woman came out on the Christmas Day. So Wonder Woman this past weekend grossed 5.5 million, which bringing its worldwide total to 118. Now the first week was what 89 million or 85? It was high. It was high. Yeah. Yeah, it was like 80, something like that. So I mean, it it dropped off pretty sharply. Well, I mean, more, it's more than half that, though, right? I mean, I, mean, I, I, I for, for for a movie like Wonder Woman, I didn't I didn't expect quite so high of a drop off. But we're gonna get into that. But below it, it says. 
There's an article on Box Office Mojo that says Wonder Woman 1984 sets new COVID era record with 16.7 million domestic opening. Now, of course, they're classifying December 25th until today as the opening for Wonder Woman. That's what they, what they don't tell you, but or, or at least in the in, in the headline there. Number two, Crude's New Age still holding strong at number two, 2.2 million domestic, bringing its worldwide take to 114 just below now that's just below wonder woman i don't i didn't think that was going to happen but that's just below wonder woman that's good for the crudes mm-hmm. oh yeah it is news of the world number three 1.7 million domestic bringing in 5.4 that's that's about a half that's about a 50 percent drop off i mean three. do we know how they're scoring crudes box office numbers is that just movie box office because it's out on vod now I'm sure they're doing VOD. I'm sure it's included. It has to be, right? I, I, don't, I actually don't know the rules on that. I figure they wouldn't include that for, like, you know, box office numbers. Yeah. I don't know. New, uh, things are different now. New so year, I new no age. Yeah, I don't... We'll have to do a little bit of research. London number four, Monster Hunter. 1.3, bringing us worldwide to 10.2. I told you. <laughs> 10 big dollars, baby. American dollars. All the dollars. That's a, Those are Quibi numbers right there. 10 million. All right. <laughs> Uh, number five, Fatali, which brought in 700k, bringing us worldwide to just over three million. Not, you know, that's a, a decent start for a COVID 2021 I, or January, I guess. I, I, I don't know how you really don't have anything to compare it to. So last year at this point, we were not yet in. I mean, things were looking grim, but not. We, we still weren't in stay home mode. But no, things. not even close yet. We saw eight weeks of goodness, give or take. Yeah, it was early March. All right, let's look at some upcoming movies. Now, let's take a second, boys, and look at January to April uh, for re- at least right now, as is what's slated right now. Now, nothing um, – a movie we, we, we may talk about soon called Shadow in the Cloud. It's a World War II era film with Chloe Grace Moretz. Comes out, came out this Friday. But nothing comes out until January 15th, which, Roger, you'll be happy to know, The Marksman, more Liam Neeson killing – Good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Good, good, good. Liam Neeson is our COVID era hero. <laughs> and then January 29th brings us a little thing. That's Denzel. And then we move into February. Now I'm only looking at the theatrical releases because I'm hoping that we are we are moving slowly into theatrical releases. Cinderella, which is a not a Disney version. It's an off. It's a it's a, it's a musical version. Great. Uh, well, it's got. What's what Medina Menzel? Is that her name or is it Indina Menzel? Indina Menzel. That's Great. Uh, <laughs> she's got a hell of a voice, man. I mean, I wouldn't count her out. But And then February 12th, Judas and the Black Messiah, Land, Minari, and What About Love all come out theatrically. That's somewhat promising, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, sounds okay. And then February 19th brings us the Mauritanian, which we've talked about. And then nothing February 23rd, which is a Tuesday. And then February 26th, Nobody, Tom and Jerry, and yes. the United States versus Billy Holiday. Yeah, I'm excited for the Nobody movie. Yes. You, you were saying Nobody, or yes to Tom and Jerry, right? Yes. No. No. March. <laughs> March 5th, which is a Friday, Chaos Walking, which is coming out theatrically. Oh, wait, that's that um, the Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley movie? It is. Yep. Chaos Walking, Coming to America on Amazon, and Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney+. Plus. March 12th, The King's Man. Yeah, baby. And The Many Saints of Newark. And then March 19th, Morbius and the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. April 2021 is where it starts to get a little, a little better. 
they're not showing us anything that's not theatrical as of April, but April 2nd, you have No Time to Die, Peter Rabbit 2. Mm. April 9th, you have Bob's Burgers. Then Wait, April 6th. Bob's Burgers movie? I guess we are, yeah. I'm in. And April 16th, watched it. Bios, Fatherhood, Mortal Kombat, and Reminiscence. And then April 23rd, Quiet Place Part 2. That's a whole year's enough that's come out, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, that was supposed to come out like the second week of our lockdown. Okay, you gotcha. Okay. Quiet Place Part 2, Last Night in Soho, and Ron's Gone Wrong. So, I mean, that's a lot of theatrical. I'm glad. That's more theatrical in three months than we've had all year almost, it seems, right? Have you, yeah. looked at, have you looked at the cast listing for the Mortal Kombat movie? No. There's, like, nobody. <laughs> nobody in this film. Well, anyone who, anyone who, I mean, anyone who they went after would have been like, um, do you remember the one in the 90s? I don't want to be in this one. Well, the first one was a big deal. Yeah. The rest of them. It, Trash piles. Well, well, fine, but it still sucked, though. I mean, big deal or not, it still sucked. Ah, but but it's so iconic. That one was so. I don't know, it was it was big for what it was. I feel. Just remember, it's hard to make a good video game movie. Better than some of the Resident Resident Evil movies. Really low bar. Yeah. Listen, really low bar. If, if, you, if you're still able to climb that ladder, you will climb that ladder. <laughs> Chris, uh, you do me a favor and scooch back a little bit from the mic. Sure. Just a tad. Thank you, sir. Never really an issue, but here we go. But that's the that's January through April. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of that stays theatrical. I'm really hoping a lot of that stays theatrical. Well, I mean, that'd be nice. That would be extremely nice. I mean, and and I just look. I'm just. I hope we this this year doesn't go back into where we were. That's no one. No one wants that, right? No one wants that. We just have to wait and see. All right. Now our new segment. What's streaming? We're looking at Disney Plus this week. There is an X-Men collection, which includes X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men United, The Wolverine, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse, and three animated or three animated X-Men with a combination of film and TV series. Just remember, they have the 90s X-Men cartoon in there, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's one of those offers. That's a big yeah, deal. Yeah. One of the best opening scores to a TV show of all time. And then we, we also have Glory Road, directed by James Gardner, 2005. Josh Lucas, Derek Luke, John Voight, and Austin Nicholas. That is a true story of a true story of a school in the southwest, the Miners. Um, Texas West. Yeah, Texas. That's actually a pretty good movie. I always like that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then the last one I think you should check out is The Greatest Game Ever Played. This is a movie I probably most people didn't see, but directed by Bill Paxton, Shia LaBeouf, Stephen Delane, uh, Peter Firth and Ali, Elias Cotius. It's a it's the it's weird a movie, about, movie. Yeah, it's a, the, about the invention of golf. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Check that one out. That one, uh, I actually really enjoyed that one theatrically when it came out. So I'm hoping more, more people do too. I re- on a related but unrelated note, what's the golf movie that has um, Will Smith in it? The Legend of Beggar Vance. Yes, I love that movie. I just that want to put that in there. I love that movie. Um, it's got a special place in my heart for a reason of my own, but <laughs> it's no Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but actually, it <laughs> really is a good golf movie. You ever watch Tin Cup? Yeah, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, Renee yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. You check it out. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a that's a deep. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some trailers. Now, the trailer's been out for a while, as has the announcement and, you know, the movie's coming. Coming to America 2, what do you guys think about this one? Well, I mean, it's been out for a while. I, listen, I still understand why they didn't drop this movie like they said they were going to do around Christmas. Yeah. 
I don't understand the point of pushing it again. Like, why did they do that? Do they want to? I mean, are they theatrical? Are they releasing this in theaters? No, it's Amazon. Well, who cares? That's what I don't yeah. understand. Release it. Let it be. Free them. Give me Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's done. It all goes back to Dune. It will always go back to Dune. It's I agree. Like, no, 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 no. What's not? I don't look. Villeneuve. He's right. He doesn't want his movie to come out streaming. I'm okay with that. I don't I, care I, what he wants. I want Dune today. <laughs> I mean, okay, great, great, great. But you know, coming to America is no big secret. But what everyone's talking about, Jamie, is a movie. I, I, I thought I thought we should just check out for a second. Um, it's it's a movie about a kid who wants to be a drag queen. And over over across the pond in England. Well, it says based on a true story, but like I don't know who this guy is. Is that like a thing? I don't. I don't know, I don't, but I'm in on this movie. To be I honest, I recognize the name. No, I'm okay. With I'm definitely in for the movie, but like it says based on true stories. I'm like, okay, you know, like is this going to be somebody famous? Yeah. I I uh, don't know. Nope. <laughs> I guess we'll find out when I watch the film. <laughs> the name Jamie New doesn't. I don't know who that is, and that's who he's that's who he's billed as. So I have no idea who that would be. So no, that's a story I I, I don't know. But I mean, the, the trailer. I'm really, I have a soft spot for trailers like this. That really, look, you know exactly what kind of movie you're getting when you when you go into this. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm saying actually. Yeah, I just, it's, it's about a guy who wants to be who wants to grow up to be a drag queen. Um, and it's, you know, there's obvious anywhere in the, in the, in the civilized world, there's going to be pushback for that. So, I, just want to I have a question. Just, just the phrasing. Does one grow up to be a drag queen, or does someone just kind of do the drag queen thing? I guess just do the drag. I queen guess we'll thing. find out in the movie. All right, there we go. Tune in. <laughs> Directed by Jonathan Butterell. That looks. It looks like it could be a decent movie. Um, I of, of the ones like that. I'm looking forward to Palmer more with Justin Timberlake. Um, yeah, I, probably. Well, that looks more dramatic. This looks more like drama musical, which mm-hmm. is not always a great combination. You know yeah. what vibe I got from this, Roger? Was um, it's fun though. What's the Springsteen movie we talked about? A Blinded by the Light. I get those vibes from this. That movie was pretty good, though. I would yeah, that movie was pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, and the second trailer. Was the <laughs> well, there's a there's a stellar line in this movie that I'm definitely going to feed to both my daughters at some point in their lives. I know it, so I'm I'm definitely in just to just for a kind of like show. What part. line was that, Chris? Oh, uh, something about um about all I ever wanted was a son, and I got you instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing that one out there at least at least twice in my life. I know it. For your daughters, good. That's good parenting right there. It's good. I like it. Yeah, right. I yeah, like it. yeah. That no, was good. Motivation builder. <laughs> uh, all right, now let's talk about our friend, which um, has a good has a good dramedy cast: Dakota Johnson, Casey Affleck, Jason Segel. Uh, this one really looks like it's going to tear your heartstrings. Yeah, you're all about like watching these people die, cancer movies lately. <laughs> it's the first thing I said when, when, once we walked in, and she had the she had the the weird towel thing on her head. It was like, oh well, now I know why Rachel wants to watch it. It's not because you know I like reflection of Listen, human life. At least, at least this isn't a romantic comedy movie. That's that just true. I guess a romance movie like that. This is this a life movie like that? Mm-hmm. Which they tend to be much better. I will, I will say I'm a little angry that that Grayson has suggested this one to watch for the, and I don't actually hate the idea of watching right. it. So I was I'm okay with it. Too. I'm a little mad at Grayson about it. To no, be it's a it's a Casey Affleck and Dakota Johnson are a couple. 
and they uh, receive terrible news about her prognosis, and she's just preparing to die. But she's writing letters to her daughters to give to them the key points in their lives. And Jason Segel, who plays the friend, is with them. trying to really help and support this. Um, it just I just knew I love these movies because it's it's you know art reflects the human existence. Um, I've never really been. I always like a good something to make me think, something to like a good cancer movie. I like a good emotional drama. It's just it's it's hard it's hard for you to back that statement up when every movie that you want to watch has cancer in it. Not all of them. I mean, a lot of them. A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Several very recently. But fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that one's directed by Gabriella Copperweight. So let's. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. That one actually comes out recently. That comes out very soon, January 22nd. So. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking forward. That wasn't to on it. your release date thing, though, was it? It, it was. It was. No, it, it was. It oh, was okay. on the VOD. Okay. Yeah, he mentioned okay. it. I tend not to talk about the VOD ones, but all right, gentlemen, here is the moment of truth. We have three pretty big movies. What would you like to talk about first? Well, it depends on what you think the movie of the week is. Oh I my god! I, I think. I think. I think the discussion of the week is probably going to be Wonder Woman. I believe. Probably. Uh, so, as far as. Fine. Let's you know. Let's let's do news of the world. I think we're kind of lukewarm on that one. Okay. At least I know I am. I don't know where you guys sit. So oh, I sit. I sit pretty high with this one, actually. Okay. Okay. Well, this is going to be a good discussion. News of the world. Okay. Directed by Paul Greengrass, which this is a very this this is a departure for him, and we're going to talk about that. But Tom Hanks, um, Helena Zengel, who is wonderful as little girl Johanna, fantastic. Um, I really just thought the, the, the world of her. Mar- Mar Winningham, Ray McKinnon, Andy Katesek. Guys, give me your give me your 10 second overview on this one. Western buddy cop. <laughs> no. Did I ever that? <laughs> I mean, you're not too far. I mean it, it is, you know, it's got elements of action. No, it's it's definitely a drama, but um, it's you know, he, he's taking the kid from point A to point B. I mean that's that's really the story. So they learn about each other. That's, you know. Well, what, give me give me the ten seconds. What what did you think, or, or or even just one whole sentence, Roger? What did you just sum up your experience with news of the world? I like this movie a lot. Um, I thought it was paced really well. Uh, I thought it looked beautiful. This is the movie that gave Tom Hanks COVID, by the way. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is that movie. Um, I thought the little girl was great. I thought he was great as in you know the aging cowboy, you know newsreader man. And I thought it was interesting what he did for a living, going from place to place to read people the news. So I like this movie quite a bit. Well, what about you, Chris? Okay, are you ready for this? I'm gonna lay it on you. Just in in in, in ten in ten seconds or less. Ten seconds or less. All right, ready? Oh my I, goodness! I didn't watch this one actually. So. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, okay. Well, then Roger and I will will hash this one out. Uh, I actually really kind of. This is, I think, the best middle-of-the-road movie we've watched in a long time. That's probably accurate. I think, I think there was – judging how I know Paul Greengrass works and Tom Hanks, he has what he wants out of scripts, even though he's already signed on for movies. I would imagine at one time, in one draft of this, at least one draft, there was a, there was a Saving Private Ryan or – the road to perdition sacrifice of Tom Hanks in the end to save this girl. I would imagine that's probably accurate. Roger, what do you think about that? 
I don't know. I don't. I don't see where that would benefit the story any better than the story we got. That's. I mean, that's a that's a fair thing. But I mean, I imagine somewhere along the line, this was there was an idea to do that. I mean, um, this is not, I mean, I, I just I don't get that vibe from this. But I mean, you might not be wrong. So fair enough. Okay. So what this. Tom Hanks is a, is a guy who travels from city to city to read the news to people who don't often hear the news or, I mean, more, more likely just can't read if they did have the news. Right. And he travels to tell the news. You know, he collects a dime from people and tells what's going on. In his travels, he comes across this young girl who has been uh, – her own escort was attacked. The driver was hung. And he is taking – he feels some kind of responsibility to take – now, that's very – that's very Tom Hanksy of, of him to, to want to take this girl to safety, I think. Yeah, another... I mean, I don't think he really wanted to do it, but when he realized that no one else was going to. And he's, of course, and I love how he's, he's Captain Kidd. I mean, Paul didn't Paul Greengrass do Captain Phillips as well? Uh, um, I don't know about that, actually. And, and, and he was the captain in that one, too. Yeah, he, he did Captain Kevin Phillips, yeah. Yep, he did, 2013, so... That was him. Um, yeah, so he's just another captain, which I thought was interesting. Uh, this is post-Civil War. Um, someone who actually fought for the South. Yeah, fought for, uh, he was with the, the Texas infantry. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing. Now, I think this, this movie is very different if you take, if, you, if anyone but Tom Hanks plays that role. What do you think, Roger? Well, I'm gonna, what do you mean different how? Different well, I don't think the movie would have been made if it wasn't for Tom Hanks, but different as in a different character, a different Kyle Kidd, Captain Kidd than, than we got. I, I bet you it would, it would have been, even if it's the same words on the page, same everything, it would have been a very different experience. Uh, well, I mean, it's just like saying, yeah, if Will Smith or somebody, Bruce Willis was the cowboy, yeah, it'd be a different kind of movie. I, I get that, but I mean, I like, I like, you know, Tom Hanks is like the reluctant guy here because he wasn't all for doing this. And, you know, obviously he can take care of himself, but he's not some like mercenary badass killing machine or anything like that. So <laughs> just kind of like a normal dude trying to just do what he does. As a matter of fact, I liked how they didn't make him this, this, this old stone cold killer. You know what I mean? I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, he can definitely handle himself and that there's nothing wrong with, you know, somebody who was, you know, captain of an infantry unit in the civil war that, you know, held by himself all the time, you know, it's understandable. He would be able to take care of himself. So that, that's so. quite believable. And I mean, Tom Hanks can play any role that he wants. So yeah, I mean, he, he certainly deserves that by this point in his life, too. But he is aging, and I don't know how long. But how many more years? Even though he's getting a little bit older, like, this is the kind of movie that says that he can still do some sort of... Listen, he's not. he was never an action star. Like, he was never known for that. I mean, the most in shape you ever saw him was when he lost a bunch of weight for Castaway, right? That's probably true. That's, um, that's an interesting point, too, is that like, he's never really been an action star. No, he's yeah. not. He never has been. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's never mattered in his case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, wrong. that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I, like, I'm okay with Tom Hanks doing this aging cowboy thing. I'm okay with that. And he does it pretty well. And Because he doesn't play some over-the-top you know, trope, either. He plays a normal guy. I feel like we would have got something like that out of like, Kevin Costner, almost. 
Like, oh. I mean, Kevin Costner's got the the old cowboy thing done yeah, pretty well. Though. Yeah, but I think he would have been more that stone cold stiller, stone cold killer, badass kind of cowboy. Quietly. I mean, well, we did just see him do that in uh, yeah. that movie recently, whatever that was, where yeah. he killed that whole family basically. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, you know, bringing up the whole uh, Tom Hanks thing. I mean, I just want to reminisce for one second on. What's the most recent one we've seen? Uh, probably the, the 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 Battleship movie, right? Midway, right? Yeah, uh, great. Uh, no, Greyhound. 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 That was yeah, Greyhound, yeah. a movie that was not very good. Mm. No, it wasn't very good, and it didn't. That's another movie that I mean, we've we've you know, we just talked about um, uh, Black Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and before that, we talked about all the boys in the band, and we talked about a couple other ones before the stage play. Like that, almost to me was a stage play as well. Now that I think about that. Uh, Greyhound was almost a stage play, also, but it just it didn't. Now Tom Hanks wrote, and and that was his baby, uh, Greyhound. So well, so that that's the thing with Greyhound. Greyhound doesn't get made if Tom Hanks doesn't want it made. So yeah, I can't. Point is, another f- three years, even he doesn't do Greyhound, and he doesn't do News of the World either. But he could definitely do either one. Couple more years under his belt, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. when we start talking about ten years from now, it's going to be a different story. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Clint Eastwood do a lot of badass things, and he had a way that's still kicking. Yeah, and like Sean Connery went for a long time too. I mean, he did *The Extraordinary Gentleman* near the end of his career, didn't he? Sure. Yeah. After that, yeah, he did a lot of movies after that, though, too. Well, yeah, but I mean, that one that was that was, was pretty action. Yeah, it was actiony. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's news. Okay, and let's talk about the little girl for a second. She's awesome. Yeah, she's. I mean, I would. I would even say on par with Tom Hanks in this movie, which is tough. But she does it very well. Um, she actually was the the reason. What she was what I was watching, all the way through this movie because she was just so good. It's been a while since I've seen a child actor on her level. Yeah, she. Uh, she definitely went all the way, all the way up. So good for her. I mean, she fit in this movie real well. She didn't get. You know, it's not like it was Tom Hanks and a little kid. Like, they worked really well together. So, I'm quite happy with that. Like, and I mean, it was like, there are some sad scenes. Like, when she's, like, over on the cliff, like, he's screaming across the river when they're leaving. Like, that's sad, man. That was super sad. Yeah. Because she's just trying to get back with the people, the only people she knows. So. Oh, you mean in the sandstorm? No, 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 no. I mean, before they left that town, it was probably Oh, that's right, that's right. Which, by the way, that, that scene when the storm kicks up, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil what happens. In it, but I thought what happens in that scene is pretty beautiful. As a matter, it's, that was a, that was the green grass. The, that was the that scene right there was a love child of Greengrass and Tom Hanks. I'm sure it played out. Sure. They, they each had some creative input there. That was good. I really enjoyed that scene. And, and for some reason, you know what it reminded me of. And it sounds dumb, but those artsy fartsy scenes. You know what they always remind me of is Collateral. When they're driving and all of a sudden that lone wolf runs across the and then the, the song from radio I think it's Radiohead Q starts starts playing, um, or Audio Slave, sorry, and then, then starts that whole driving sequence. That is such an artsy shot. And like this all whenever I come across artsy stuff, that's what it reminds me of. And I don't know why it's just collateral is what it reminds me of. But that that scene is definitely thought of it definitely thought of like, oh that's so artsy. Collateral. Mm-hmm. Love collateral. Mm-hmm. Love it. If you remember, Alex gave that movie a ten. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's good probably, movie. I don't know if it's a ten, but it, it's probably nine territories. So that's one of my favorite. I wouldn't fight somebody for a ten. So. 
that's a that's a just one of those great movies. But let's, I mean, their journey, Roger. Let me ask you. The journey of Captain Kidd and his his little ward, um, jo- jo- Johanna. Did you believe it? Did it play out in a way where you believed that they made it out of every scrape and it was believable? Yeah, because they don't really make it out of every scrape. I mean, they get bailed out big time once. Um, and, you know, somebody gets traumatized because of it. So, yeah, I'm okay with that, too. Makes, oh, yeah. it, makes a darn fine story, I think. I think you're probably right. I mean, it's. it's I mean, I, th- I think it's. You know, we we started off with this one as you know, this is the, the minor review we're going to talk about. Although it is the only theatrical review. Now, why do you think they they must have fought to keep this one theatrical and not VOD? Why do you think that? Because is? Now, Tom Hanks' last movie they sent straight to VOD. <laughs> oh, but great! You mean Greyhound? Yeah. Yeah. That was an Apple Plus movie. That was an Apple movie. Yeah, but they was would, it always supposed to be, or did they just realize it wasn't going to end up out and just sold it off to somebody? I'm sure that was that was supposed to be Apple before it was done even cheating. Oh, okay. But yeah, I was just like, I don't know. But with a name like Tom Hanks, you think would would VOD would actually have better returns than, than the theatrical did. And keep in mind, since Christmas Day, it's only done just over $5 million. That's not great. And that's worldwide release. So. Well, here's the thing, though. I bet you this movie didn't cost a big amount to make. You know what I mean? I bet you yeah. it wasn't big budgets, no CGI. Um, not, not, not an overly large cast. The storm would have been CGI, but I don't know oh, yeah. much more. Oh, you don't think they whipped up a real sandstorm? No, I don't think you can't control nature like that. No. First off, maybe you can't control nature like that. <laughs> And there's the first very 2021 Roger statement that just baffled my mind. I'll be thinking about that like next six days. I'm like, Roger, how do you possibly control a sandstorm? And when I show you, you'll be dead. <laughs> another very weird and mystifying state frame, statement. But okay, we'll, we'll move on past that. So let's just, Roger, let's move to score this. Um, I'll go first. This is, this is the very definition of a six to me. Mm. I can recommend it. I don't think it's wonderful, but I think it's good. And I think it's got several good scenes that someone who loves films would be, would just really attached to. And what's more is I think, I mean, every movie should be watched in theater, if you ask me, but this movie really should be, because it's the cinematography in this movie is beautiful. It is breath over those huge shots when they're like the sun sets over the valley. Those are, those are so pretty to look at. And I just, I wouldn't want to do that on even a 70 inch TV because it just, it doesn't hold the same experience that you would get watching it in theatrically. Yeah, no, it, it looks great. Um, I'm actually going to score it right about the same. I'm going a little bit higher, though. Uh, I give it a six and a half. Um, when you said a great middle-of-the-road movie, it actually really struck home. It was like, that's a really good way to say this. I will recommend this to just about everybody. But it's not a very fast-paced movie or anything like that. It's not overly long, though, so that actually helps it out. Um, it is very watchable. Um, I think it's enjoyable. It, it won't be for everybody, but uh, I think most people will enjoy this movie. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's it's a very Tom Hanksy movie. You know, I mean, that, if that's what you're going for, then you certainly got it. That's Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's definitely. It's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Not at all. <clears throat> all right, now we have. I'm Soul is the Soul is absolutely an amazing movie. So you want to do Soul or Wonder Woman next? Well, I think we should talk about Soul, even though I know we're all going to believe that it's a better movie. But I think we got a lot of stuff to talk about with Wonder Woman. I think we yeah, do. I think we do. A lot of good stuff to 
I have to. I, ooh, I don't know if you saw my tweet about watching Wonder Woman twice, but <laughs> well, whatever. I was not happy with Wonder Woman, but a little foreshadowing of things to come. Let's talk about Disney Plus's new movie, Pixar's Soul, directed by Pete Docter and Kemp Powers. They they shared the directorial on this one, and Jamie Fox, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Rachel House, Alex Brega. There's quite a bit of people in this movie. Yeah. Um, you, may, you, you may not recognize them all, but they, man, they do a fantastic job. It's a good voice cast. Yes, it is. It's almost like it's Pixar. Yeah, right? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked by this. All right, guys, give me your 10-second what you thought about this. I loved it. I mean, I don't think it's the best Pixar, but even a middle-of-the-road Pixar is still a pretty good movie. Oh, I think this is much better than middle-of-the-road, but... I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Then, <laughs> <laughs> what do you, Chris, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to lay it on you. I didn't watch this one either. Chris? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I watched this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with this one, uh, this is my favorite Pixar movie since Inside Out. Ooh, wow. Inside, right. Out. Inside Out is still my favorite Pixar movie of all time. And these are kind of down the same vein, but this one, this is fun. It's colorful. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance here with, and a lot of things that adults can enjoy along with kids. This is a good movie. It's a solid Pixar film. Before I let Grayson jump in, I want to what you said about Inside Out. I said that almost the exact same phrase to somebody today. Oh. When they asked me what I thought about. It. Okay. Almost exactly. It's very similar to Inside mm-hmm. Out. Yep. Probably not as good as Inside Out. I also agree. If you liked Inside Out, you like you this like movie. <laughs> so, yep. I I really enjoyed Soul. I, I sat down wanting to get a good Pixar movie. But what what I, what I got was an amazing experience. I don't know what it was. It struck me a certain way. Uh, I definitely think this is on the better end of the Pixar well, scale. Now, I'll, say, I'll tell you right now before I dig into what either one of you guys think. I know why everybody thinks this movie is a different kind of Pixar movie. Because this is the first Pixar movie that really revolves with music. Um, and a large part of this involves music. Obviously, he's a jazz musician. Pixar really has never gone down that road besides Coco. Okay, sure. and for most folks, you know, the kind of music that you get in Coco is not something that most people are familiar with. You're going to hit a lot more people with the jazz type music. Than you would with Coco, so I think that's a big deal for people. So, which is also why it feels different. Yeah, so. I agree with that. All right, sorry. <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. I mean, that's a good point, though. I think, well, the music—you cannot overstate how important the music is in this movie. I mean, legitimately, it's the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> so let's let's dig into it. Uh, the story of this, the story of this is is. I'll, I'll admit, it, the first few minutes of this, I was kind of like, oh, I don't like the story of this. But it really, by a few minutes after that, it really comes comes around full circle again, and that's saying something. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey are Joe and 22, res- respectively. And Joe is what he's a, he's a part-time music teacher. Then in the beginning, just gets bumped up to full-time music teacher. And you know, his mom is teasing him about always get these halftime gigs. Let's get a real job. She wants him to be a teacher just to have the stability. And he lands an audition with a famous musician at a jazz club. And he's super excited. 
He's walking home, super excited, not not watching where he's walking, falls into a manhole, and I love how they do the fake out like three or four times. Mm-hmm. The things that could have killed. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Manholes are really go though. Oh, dude, got a manhole. Yeah, like I, you know, it's like thirty feet straight. Down. Oh man, yeah, yeah like, you're you're maimed viciously. Well, his, the other thing is like he probably wouldn't die, which they come around to. Dude, his legs are broke. Like, super broke. Some stuff is broke. He should be accordioned in some way. Right. Super sh- yeah, this shit yeah. is rough. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Dorothea Williams is the, is the Jasmine. Nice <laughs> <laughs> like, Nice callback. <laughs> well, I don't know where to go from you guys. We're talking about falling in manholes. Talking about him being a puddle of goo. <laughs> Dorothea Williams. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Calm down, everybody. Calm down, calm down. Um... So, I was not happy about what about not only the fake outs I didn't care about, but when I when I, when I really thought that's what happened to his character, I was pretty upset. But 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 by the end of the film, I was actually on board with it, and so I wanted to talk about that as kind of my evolution of how I experienced this movie. Is in the beginning, the first twenty minutes, I was not okay with it. By the end of it, I was very okay with what I thought was his fate, um, and of course, that was you know all bundled into his arc. As a character, yeah. Well, do you guys have anything simple like that, or anything along the same lines? Or I mean, the story is Joe's story, but it's weird. <sighs> the weird how you look at it because overall, it's Joe's story, but it's once you realize the character of Twenty Two, it's her story too. I was gonna say, I think, I think it's two. It's well, two the, weird, the weird thing is, is it is two stories, but they're kind of only one because of the way they share the body there for a while. Yep. So I don't. <laughs> I don't know how that really yeah. goes. Which, which I thought I was going to hate that when, I, when, like, when, when you first see the scene as it's happening, I, 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 I audibly went, "Oh God!" But then, as it unfolds, they have, they do have a lot of fun with it, and they do it in a, in a good way, and they do show you that, like, that, like, you know, he's actually meowing. Her, uh, her voice is actually his voice to everyone else. Yeah. They give you that little peek at that, so you can go back to suspending your disbelief and being okay with everything that you're going to hear because it's all. And Tina Fey's voice with his character, and it it it's weird. It's weird to to see it and hear it at the same time. But they do a good job with you know setting that up, and it's a fun ride with that. Yeah, what, what Chris is talking about, some which I will obviously we're all going to recommend that you watch this movie. Um, I just really have that feeling. <laughs> um, the way they do the voices is a lot of times they are talking to each other as their own character, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, but when they're talking to other people in the soul world. They are talking with their normal voices. That's kind of strange. And the way they shift it when he's having the monologue with his mom, mm-hmm. where like the cat's talking, and then like the camera pans, and then it's all Joe. Yep. I thought that was brilliant. It was. It was a good that touch. That was really good. Yeah. So. And like, and I didn't pick up. That's what they're doing at first, but uh, but you, if you think, if you watch and think about it, you will get that. But like at first, I thought it was. Um, 22 because she can feed off his memories and like she knows what he's kind of thinking but no that it, like the way that they shot that and the way that they back and forth that at first it is it is all the cap and they shoot it like it is just joe talking which is really neat yes yeah, it was a nice touch on that scene uh, yeah i i totally agree it didn't it, it wasn't <clears throat> after they show you once now you were you just talked about chris the setup of they showed you that when they're talking when they're when it's just those two we hear the we hear the voices where they should be but then when they're talking to other people no, no, we, yeah. So when, whenever Joe's body is talking to someone, it's Joe's voice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. But when they're, but whenever, but when we're talking, when, when, when they're talking, of course, to themselves and to us, the cat has Joe's voice and Joe has Tina Fey's voice. 
or 22's voice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. It's a good setup, and it, it makes it a little more fun, too, to imagine some of the things that, that Joe, quote-unquote, is saying is actually 22, and it's it's funny to hear her say those things, but in Joe's voice, so it works out really well. Um, the the three-act structure here is one that Pixar always excels at. That's the whole thing with Pixar. And they just, it's almost like they have a formula machine where they just plug all their stuff in and then say, and then they, they bend the story. They just put certain elements in and then use that to just really kind of navigate the story. But it works every single time. Well, I mean, it's like Pixar is a good, intelligent filmmaking company that knows what to invest in <laughs> to make things important. Listen, Pixar is really good. They they rarely miss. Um, they don't. I don't think they hit quite as many over the out of the park home runs as they used to. But it's rare you get a bad movie from them. It is very, which yeah. is you know completely opposite of our motto because we, we can't say that about Pixar. But and listen, I expect a movie branded with Pixar to be good. Yep, one hundred percent. The only thing I don't if it says like cars on it, <laughs> and then I'll just be like, yeah. isn't that all just Owen Wilson's well, fault? Well, the first Cars is good. I like well, no, well, hold on. First Cars is okay. This looks awesome compared to the other couple we get. <laughs> Let's hold that. Tone that down. Also, though, I was talking to somebody too. One of the last Pixar before this was what Finding Dory. That's, I think so. Was it that long ago? No. Yeah, it's well, it's been a bit. It's been a while then. They're about one year, like one a year. Finding Dory. No, was so long ago. Toy Story 4. Yeah, we had Toy Story was 4 it, at least, was. yeah. Oh, no, 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 Onward. Was it Onward? Yeah, Onward, yeah, that was Onward. Yeah. I knew there was one more in there. But no, like, Finding Dory, I don't really care about that either. I swear. I don't like their sequel game, besides Toy Story, which apparently they can do no wrong, so. <laughs> Sequels are rough sometimes, though, even for yeah, Pixar. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I get it. Unless it's Toy Story branded. Then, yeah, unless, <laughs> unless you know what, listen, I got another idea for a movie about Toy Story. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> All right. I mean, um, what, is there, uh, let me let me just let me change the pace of this discussion here. Is there anything you guys really didn't like about this movie? Yes. You want to go first, Chris? That it's two hours long. It is a little bit. Long. It's long. <laughs> it is a little long. Um, and even even in a good Pixar movie form, long movie still a long movie. So it 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 does run a little bit longer for me, but. There's not much else. I'll think while you guys give yours, because I feel like there's one more thing that I'm missing that I didn't like. However, I do like the insertion of a Roger-like character in Terry. I appreciated that. His outlook's great. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Terry rules. Terry, you know, you know, you know who voiced Terry also was. I think Wet Studi. Uh, that's that's why I love Terry as well. Or Terry as well but. No, the, no, Counselor Jerry. Who was Terry? Terry was oh Terry was Rachel House. So good. Sounds like a woman. Roger, thanks. Is mm. mm. what it is. I just torpedoed the conversation. <laughs> you did. What, what, what didn't you like, Roger? Well, I mean, I I'll hold something against it. It's probably really unfair to hold against it because this is a Pixar movie that I didn't get a Pixar short in front of. That's true. And I, I thought of that afterwards, right. yeah. Um, now, listen, that's completely unfair to this movie. So <laughs> that is something that you don't get. I yeah. thought for sure we were going to get something. Like Just that. like greatness from Pixar. I expect short from Pixar. Yes, Damn because it. listen, those are also always great. Part of the Pixar experience. <laughs> I signed up for this. <laughs> this is what I bought Disney Plus for. Yeah, give me my free movie with a short. I mean, but that's what... 
they, they did it for what two decades almost yeah, absolutely so, um, I mean, what's the problem? something i actually didn't like i thought it was kind of strange um about how they <laughs> i don't know if i didn't like it or i thought it was something that was just different to me like there's the part where she's completely taken over his body just having actual full intellectual conversations for somebody who didn't know how to walk minutes beforehand. Yeah. That I had to obviously suspend a little bit of belief at. But then I realized that she's probably a better version of Joe than Joe is. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But I mean, because she's just kind of like a doofy little kid. Yep. And it works. Yeah. I love her little overbite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't love that overbite? Yeah, those, two little buck, those little two buck teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I also didn't like him having to go through and like trying to get back to Earth and watching it like six times of him jumping into the the pit. Like, I, okay, your, I get it. That's he your can't, pit. He can't go back. That's your Pixarism, though. I yeah. think because you get that in like in other movies that are similar. Here's, here's the thing with Pixar, though, and you just talked about a little, a little bit. I mean, it's you. you the, the the way I love Pixar films is that they're they're so simple yet so complicated at the same time. You know, with twenty minutes into the movie, exactly where all the major story beats are going to come. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you, there's no mystery. It's just it's how they do it. That like I don't understand why other people can't do this on 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 a if if, if Pixar can do this with almost every movie they they, they put out is legitimately anywhere from a seven point nine to a ten. Why can't wow. other people? Like why can't other Studios do the same thing. Well, I mean, give Disney some credit because the Disney animated stuff, even especially their computer animated stuff, has come a long way because of Pixar. Um, because they learned that they have an in-house studio that is kicking their ass yep. at things. <laughs> so they learned that they had to really bring their game up, which, listen, I'm here for it. But just remember, when, when one studio makes a bunch of good stuff, it makes other studios have to bring their better game. Because just remember, before there were Pixar movies, there was no DreamWorks animation stuff. Mm -hmm. There was no How to Train Your Dragon or anything like that. All Pixar brought all of that with them. So, well, they they forced people to innovate yes. and bring it with them. So that's all. I mean, that's a good thing. Um, you know, I want to talk about one thing that I absolutely love about this movie. Okay, besides the music, and I do love the music. I want to talk about how I want to talk about the scene at the barbershop first. Okay. Okay. The way they animated this scene at the barbershop looks absolutely like an animated feature and looks as real as you can be with the way he's cutting his hair, mm -hmm. the way the dude's beard is styled, yeah. the conversation that they're having. That is so over-the-top animated and absolutely perfectly done. Mm -hmm. I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was on point. This the barber guy, when he's telling about how he ended up in barber school, telling mm -hmm. that story, like his beard is like the way his beard is out. I'm like, oh my God, they put so much time into this. They did, yeah. They did such an amazing job doing that. Because, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just them walking on the street, so it's it's normally animated. It looks really nice. But there's such detail in that mm -hmm. shot. Same with the jazz club. Yeah. It looks so authentic. Mm -hmm. Like they really took the time to do this right. And that was one of my talking points is – the animation in this movie has got to be the best I've ever seen. Eh, I mean, it's, it's really, really, ever, really good. It's, it's really, wait, wait, wait. it's top tier. It's top tier. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When you say, eh, what are you putting above this, or even on the same level as this? I mean, best you've ever seen is a bold ass statement that requires that requires a little bit of to, to think about. about. I'm not talking about anything in gaming. I'm I'm just talking about. TV and films with animation. Uh, I watched a little movie this year called Sonic the Hedgehog, sir. 
Guys, guys, I'm considering Sonic. I'm, I'm considering a live action movie. I don't, I don't, I'm not considering, I'm not I'm putting up the same thing. No, I'm I mean, just your balls anyway. I'm, I'm um, no, listen, it's, it's great. I, you know, I, I'm with Chris, though. It's hard to say it's the best animation I've ever seen in my whole life. I mean, so what like, do you, but what do you, usually when you can say that, you can, you can maybe put things on the same level, but can you guys name one thing that looks great? So sort of forced I, 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 I think if you put these side by side, it would look very different. I think the animation in Incredibles two is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. some it's something hard for me to, to, but, I mean, to say. It's thing, worse we're going to end up comparing this movie to other movies made by this studio. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Now, 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 I will say that it's like some of the animation tricks they do, and and like a lot of the styling that you see, like like anytime. Well, what, what were they? The, the custodians, the like the weird wavy line people can't yeah. remember what they're called like what the tricks they do animation style with these people like having them like like reverse direction well, they're, by, they're like, flat yeah yeah but yeah. they're not flat yeah so like like all that's very very like just beautifully pristine when a guy waves his hand it goes over his own body his hands backwards yep. yeah yeah that's crazy some of those tricks are good and it makes it makes everything pop and then i don't like there's scenes when when they're mixing um terry and he's like moving around the real world all that was really, really well done. How he, oh, yeah. how he like becomes the cords of the um of the hospital bed, and then he's like the cracks in the floor and stuff. Like that's all very well done, which does make the animation look and feel and is way better than what we're used to seeing. How about one thing I thought was really funny in this movie was when Joe's talking to the little um, what are they like the, the souls? souls? Yeah, souls. Yeah. Souls before they the un what are the untapped soul or intelligent souls or whatever mm-hmm. they called. When they start, when he spells out hell, he's like H E double hockey sticks, and one's like hell, and they're all like hell, hell, hell. <laughs> like all oh, these little things yelling hell yep. in a Pixar movie. I thought that was funny because it's like in a place little, where souls are made. Yeah, little kids, yeah, little kids repeat things. Yep. that's what they do. So I thought that was clever. Can we talk about the true victim of this movie? The guy that he dropped through the portal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just ended ended that man's life for about fourteen seconds. Oh, oh that was so good. And he's like pep talking him. Ah, he's like, you will be all right. Yeah, we're good. We're just going to talk about this. You will be all right. Grayson, thoughts on that? I mean, I, I thought it was you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, did. That saw death. Like he, he saw death. His soul was removed from his body. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. But same with that cat too, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, that cat! Was, that, I mean, the implication of that is is that the cat's soul gets bumped to the to go to the beyond, mm-hmm. and you see the the fat cat on the on that little He's uh, happily like yeah. rolling up yeah. on that like yeah. airport escalator thing. Like she killed that poor. Yeah, cat. that cat died. <laughs> that cat died, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that really. I mean, yeah, those cat those people met some grisly fates for a little while, and then like the, when he says like. The cat, I'm so sad, and then, and then like it cuts to the cat on the conveyor belt towards the great beyond. Yep. <laughs> and for some reason, it looked like a rainbow cat, but yeah, I don't know. I just, Wouldn't the there, cats either be two, one of two ways, rainbow or just dark, a dark and hate filled? Yeah, yeah. There's only there's only two ways a cat soul is gonna oh, be. Can we talk about how awesome that ship was, dude? That was awesome. Yeah, actually, actually, off of that, I want to talk about I want to talk about the the soul world anyway. Okay. I loved. Everything about it. Every moment that we were in, like where the souls reside, I was in 100%. Loved it. I, want, I wish there would have been more of it. to be, And there was already a good bit. I love the colors, how it felt very pastel and bright. And just, it's it's my favorite color scheme. 
and then the lost souls and where they're at, how everything's just that dark purple. When you finally meet the pink rainbow peace loving ship, all of it was just really, really cool. And those lost souls were creepy. They're creepy. 22 is creepy. Really creepy, but well, those, like, are, those, those are straight out of Kingdom Hearts. I mean, you can. Oh, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, you might have a fan in the studio, and they, uh, they tapped into that. They, they all work together. It's the same IP, buddy. That's true. That's right. Oh man. Same <laughs> house. Oh, is this setting up what could be a Kingdom Hearts movie by Pixar? No, no, what? stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, right. I just, I, because of, there's no way, there's no way to tell that story. It, it, it'll be the it'll be the one video game movie that might be good though. No, it, but it won't be because let's just we're not gonna talk about it. This is not it's never about good. <laughs> um, let's get okay back to Soul as a the I would if you who's was, that one moment, what's that? Who's the star of this movie? Terry. You mean the character? <laughs> I mean, is it twenty two or is it Joe? I mean, it's Joe. Joe's the one. Joe's the one with the better arc. Obviously, it's his arc that we're following. I don't know if it's better than her arc, though. Twenty twos. I mean, I'm gonna take the cop out answer and say it's both of their movie because see, this movie's long enough to be two stories, and it absolutely feels like it is. I don't know. I mean, really long. Oh, yeah. following Joe. Like, to me, it to me, it like I said, it was a good movie, but it still felt long. But it's not, I mean, we begin and end with Joe. So, I mean, narratively, it's Joe's story that happens to be 22, just happens to have a very large part in. Okay, I mean, that's fair enough, but I still feel like we got a full story with 22. And she has the best line, she has the best line in the movie, too, that <laughs> that that you can't crush souls here <laughs> you go to Earth for that. <laughs> how about the little soul was like, I'm a, I'm a megalomaniac that knows how to rise to the ranks. He's like, you're going to be a problem, but that's for Earth. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was that was very very funny. I, I I give it that. It was pretty funny. That was good. There okay. were a lot of moments in this movie where I'm like, whoa, Pixar, you're you're growing up a little bit with like what your the your the really forward humor you're putting in your movie. They, they can they can play on any level. So. I, I said it earlier. I do feel like that this is a good movie for adults and kids. This is they did a really good job with the humor hitting you know for every audience that's going to watch this. Most, most of the Pixar's are though. They are, but this one felt a little more. Megalomaniac, you know what I mean? You know, like, one thing I do. Yeah, one kids thing aren't I, getting that joke. No, not at all. They're not. Like that one thing I, one thing I do hold against this movie quite a bit is what and what happens in the end where uh, it just something just allows a character to just rejoin. I don't. I'm not. That's the one. My one major story point. Where I'm like, God, it just that. I don't know if I'm okay with that. As a as a storyteller myself, I'm not sure that that little. Was the the Duzak's mocking explanation of, of of why this character is given a chance? I don't now. Don't real don't spoil it. But you you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Way in the last hour. Well, yeah, but I mean, I th- I think I think Pixar has multiple ending options there, and well, I th- it could end as any one of four yeah. or five different ways. Yeah, and I think I think the way we got was I mean it, it speaks to. I mean, you like the fact that Joe had a complete arc, and I think that completes his arc because. You know, he goes through life one way, and he's going to go back, you know, with a whole new outlook on it, no matter where he's at in his life now. Well, but he's not going back. He's just he's moving forward with a new way to, to view life. I feel like he's literally going back to life. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not. Never mind. Going. I would have almost seen. There's a scene when he's when when they're sitting on the stoop, and then Joe, the girl, gets it. 
2022 in Joe's body, she's listening to like the world and she's feeling the flow of everything and the trees swaying and that one, that one, what, what, what do we call those? Like those, those, those helicopter thing that like falls into his hand yeah, and that's, and I was almost, that's, I was like, well, that's going to be the moment after we go through the movie and one character stays one place. And then that's the movie where she's going to go sit and then reconnect. I'm like, for sure, that's where it's going to go. So I've got to admit, they threw me for a loop. But I don't know if it's the best loop. I don't know if it's the best story point that they chose to do that with. But I mean, I would, Chris, you're probably right. There are probably more than one ending to, to this movie. Yeah, I think so. I think there was. Well, I, I think it's safe to say that we really enjoyed Soul. Yeah. Um, Why don't we just go ahead and move right to scoring it? All right, we can do that. Let's let's move to scoring it then. I'll go, I'll go first because you guys, or you went first last time. Uh, I think this is, I mean, it's weird. It's, it's going to sound like I don't like this movie. Um, I think this is definitely top half of Pixar. Um, probably close to top 10. I don't know quite about that. I do have some movies. Obviously, I think you're going to rate a little higher for me personally. Um, but I definitely enjoy it quite a bit. I think it's very good. Um, I think it's a solid eight. Um, and I'm very happy to say, I think everybody should watch soul. It's, it's there. So Hmm. it's a good score. Um, I, I do have my one issue with the movie is that it is long and and being a, uh, being a family movie, especially when you get little kids involved, that can be a negative of the movie, but from a storytelling standpoint, the visuals, I love the colors of, of when they're in Soul Land or whatever it is. I love it so much. It's just, it, it really, it pulled me right in every time. I'm going to, I'm not going to go quite higher than you, but this is an 8.5 for me. If this no. is, if you shave, if you shave a few minutes off this movie, I'm giving it a, a hard no, nine. I don't understand. It's an hour and 40 minutes, Chris. It's not that long. It felt and like that, that's long for a Pixar though, because you're looking at the overall Pixar experience. They usually don't really break 90 minutes mm-hmm. or so. Um, they always seem longer because they always have the 10 minutes short in the beginning. I mean, I guess that's true. You're right about that. I never even, that's part of the movie runtime, I guess. You're, yes. you're right. I just, I, I didn't consider this movie long at all. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it, it never felt long to me. So, I mean, it's just me then, but still. No, it's okay. You're allowed to think it felt long. <laughs> Any, anything that's before one hour and 50 minutes, I'm like, eh, it's not too long, I guess. But um, I'm, on, I, I'm sitting We're right about to talk time. about a movie that's way too long. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> foreshadowing. Jesus, Lord. Um, I'm going to give this movie an eight. I think it, this sits at an eight for me. I really love this movie. Um, it's, it does a lot right. It looks fantastic. Um, I love Jamie Foxx. I love Tina Fey. Um, it's, I, I, th- I think this is this, I think this movie for a lot for, for kids, for instance, Chris, your kids, I think this movie has more of a watchability than a lot of the Pixar movies only because it's super bright and super colorful. And there's always so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. The rewatchability, I think, for kids is a high point for a lot of parents. Not that it impacts my score at all. I'm just saying these are positives. Um, I, but I think this is the very definition of an eight for me. It's super great, um, not quite as powerful that could be a nine or a ten, but it's it's definitely got potential. It definitely has potential to be a nine or a nine five. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. So we got what eight, eight, two, eight, eight, seven, eight and a half. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good movie. That's pretty good. That's a good movie, boys. Now let's talk about so far my greatest disappointment of 2020 is Wonder Woman 1984, directed by Patty Jenkins. Now there's a lot to unpack here when it comes to writing 
but we're going to get into that. Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen, Lily Aspel. Um, this, you know, this was my one of my things I was looking forward to the most because the first movie I consider a masterpiece. Um, I consider Wonder Woman obviously the best of DC. I think this is the worst of DC. No. You guys, oh, fine. Well, fine. You can say no, but in my opinion, how let down I am, I think this is – I mean, if – you'd think this was Pedro Pascal's first role he took. You would think this is his first role that he's, he's ever been in, and that's not the case. Um, I'm not going to say that I like this movie at all, and you're going to find out that I really don't. However, for you to think that this movie is any worse than Batman vs. Superman, where Justice League is also laughable, because those movies are twos. Listen, this movie's not very high, but those movies are disasters. Okay, well... well, cannot change your scale. (laughs) Not allowed to do that. I'm not going to change the scale. I think I think Pedro Pascal does a fine job in this movie. He there's nothing there's nothing wrong with him and his acting in this. Yeah, I th- I think he's a joke in this movie. I think he's a joke. He didn't go over the top at all. He didn't. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't cliche the character. He just. I think he plays what he's, what he's written. I mean, fine. He might play what he's. Ah, uh, well, fine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I know how you feel. Okay, so Patty Jenkins wrote this with Geoff Johns. She didn't write the first one, so I'm just attributing. I immediately attributed the fact that this movie was so terrible to the fact that she wrote it. These are fighting words. I mean, you're, fine, you can fight me all you want, and there are a few things I will say this fact, but this movie is not good. Um, but, well, you know what, give me your overall – you, you guys have heard my opinion. Roger, what do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, this movie's not very good. However, um, I also don't think Pedro Pascal is the problem with this movie. Listen – I think he's, he's also of, not great in this movie either. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's like he's the shining star of this disastrous bundle. Listen, there are several hundred things wrong with this movie. He's so far down away from the top of that list. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just saying. But I mean, it's something that Chris and I immediately dis- disagreed on. So I mean, that's a conversation. No, 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 that, that's fine. But listen, this movie is way longer than it needed to be. Um. Like, this is like four different movies running together at any given time. And, I mean, can we talk about for a second how Chris Pine, the Steve Trevor, just takes over some random dude's body? Like, uh, I thought that was what a, happened to that man? I thought it was, no, I thought that was a beautiful touch. I like that. I like the idea of, of, of the spectral possession and the fact that that man had a life somewhere else and now he's yeah, gone. Now he's gone. He's just... He's, is he dead? He's just banging around with, some, with, some, with someone else. Like, was he married? Does he have kids somewhere? No, no. I think does his parents miss him. I think it's a beautiful, long, long loving touch between you know two souls that have to come back together. Oh, despite no, see, what I, in someone's life. Again, <laughs> I completely, I, I can't even disagree with you. I mean, yeah. I was so excited. I was so excited for Steve Trevor coming back. You have well, no idea when we find out that Steve Trevor comes back and how he comes back, I'm like. Why is Steve Trevor back here? <laughs> that doesn't make well, that's sense. The, that's the thing. It's like you're, he's back because of a wishing rock. Patty Jenkins. Have you I mean, the whole movie let's, is about a wishing rock. Let's, inter- let's introduce the wishing rock and talk about it for a second. Well, okay. Well, let's just start with the thing we can rattle off about this movie centered around this. No, okay. So let's let's just, set, let's just <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's bring it back in. Let's just start where this movie starts is at the, the – um, this movie, just like the first one, opens in – what is it? What do, they, what, what do they call it? The 
Themyscira or something like that. Themyscira. Yeah, Themyscira. It starts when, 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 of course, Diana is very young, and this time she's competing in whatever Olympic event, whatever their, their version of the Olympics. The Amazon is. Olympics, baby. Which this is, which this is the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. Because <laughs> you and I couldn't disagree more on all this crap. Um, <laughs> that was crap. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Well, my one of one of my first hangups was I saw Zack Snyder was a producer, and I thought to myself, "Oh no." He already ruined the DCEU, and they're still letting him produce things? What is going on here? And then I saw all the people. There's several people with the name Jenkins in, in um, uh, EP roles and producer roles. I'm like, uh-oh. This is definitely a red flag for the worst. And, of course, the movie turned out to be that what I, what I thought going in the first five minutes. Now, to set the stage, she I understand that she is like an Amazon princess. I get that, but... There's no reason to believe she's any better than the other Amazon women. First off, the entire first movie proves how much better than all the other Amazon women that she is. At, at her age. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, they already had a whole movie about that. But fine. But, I mean, she's physically outdoing people twice her. I mean, that's one. Like, okay, this is a little weird that they chose to do yeah, that. Well, hold on. And she's not physically outdoing. She's she's doing things in different ways. She takes she takes on the obstacle course differently than everyone else, and she yeah, uses she, her, her advantage. She, advantage. She runs. When, when, when they're running, she is faster or she is just as fast. But, I mean, you're I don't care. Around. I don't care if you're I don't care. If you're, I, don't care. <laughs> I mean... And a, a, a kid running next to the, the 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 stride isn't there. You see what I mean? Right off the bat, I'm having I had 20 red flags by four minutes in. I was like, oh my god, I'm so what is going on? So I thought the music in in this in this opening scene was fantastic. The score was great during it because I, I even rewound, I even rewound it and rewatched it and listen just so I could listen to the scoring because I thought it was really good. It caught me, and mm-hmm. I thought I thought this whole scene was fun. I didn't like the whole lesson it taught because it doesn't come back in any anyway. But it's fine. It's fine. Let's spend eleven minutes of, of of your movie time on a lesson that doesn't come back. But it was still a fun scene, in my opinion. Of course, it definitely comes back. No, Just, they they state it line for line in the end and in the beginning. No. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? No, they. She Listen. said you. You can't quit. You 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 can't do this by cheating. And in, in the end, what 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 what's it? Nothing good comes from cheating. Or I forget what line she uses. But then Diana used the same line in the end when talking to, when talking to um, Adam Pascal or the Pascal's character. She used this, literally the same line that she that gets used on her in the end. Yeah, but it was something that she was supposed to learn, and something that she does again anyway. Like like there's no lesson learned or taught there until she has to be better than the person that she's against later on. Let's. Well, let's, let's just even even forgiving the opening scene of, of all its stupid. I, I just think they wanted a reason to, to bring a certain character back, which you know I'm fine with. I got no problem with, with that with that woman being on screen because she's very good. Um, I mean, let's just move a little bit forward. I have been. I, I watched this movie. Um, I watched this movie a few times in the theater, and I was just I was so let down. But I have some notes. All right. Um, so can we, so after we get to the Amazon Olympics, we talk about the one scene that was okay in this movie? The mall. The mall fight scene? Yes. Totally I agree okay with that. Yep. Anybody having any real problems with the mall fight scene? I, I even liked the cheesy 
animation that doesn't look great that they used for that. But like like the people getting pulled off to the side yeah. on the still cam. Like like okay, that was that was a nice eighties touch with newer technology. Yeah, that well, I, I appreciated. Okay, sequels, if they need to do anything, it's a need to be consistent with the original. And that 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 scene in the mall was there was no consistency with anything in the first movie at all. The tone was was way more of a of a oh, almost a cartoonish. It was an old eighties thing. That was the point. Well, I understand that was that was the point, but that in the beginning. I don't know if you understand that that was the point. No, no, I I get it, but I mean, I don't think you. No, I okay. So, the the the, the music, the tone, inflection in the mall is just it's not Wonder Woman. It's not what we were given. And I, I don't care. You could say, oh, but the source material. No, no, no. The 2017 movie is all that matters here. At the well, no. The, the, so the 2017 movie was much darker and it was an origin story. This is, a, this is, more, this is probably going to be more of a fan servicey movie because it's, it's got the whole superhero sequel problem where you got everybody who wasn't a superhero fan or a Wonder Woman fan on board. And because you, you already had your fan base there with people that liked Wonder Woman before the first movie comes out. And now you're going to try to give you know give back to the people that were in in the first place and given it like you know the sequel superhero movie always has this problem i feel like and they all do but i mean i think the even the the opening olympic scene and the mall scene they highlight i think the biggest problem with this movie is the script is just terrible no we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the wonderful stone in a little bit and that's going to tell you that that the script is terrible but well so i mean I think I think we should be done talking about the mall. Let's talk about this stone for a minute. Well, yeah, but in order to talk about the stone, you got to talk about Kristen Wiig's character. No, we're, okay. So we meet Kristen Wiig's character. You know, who becomes the cheetah, Barbara, Barbara Minerva, which again which is the worst name ever. Wait, 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 worse as if her name was Minerva. <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> I have to ask Roger every time you say the worst name ever. Is it worse than Kane Yeager? Ooh. No. <laughs> he says very reluctantly. No. I want it to be worse, but it's, it's not. just not. It's not. <laughs> um. Oh man. So yeah. So let's this introducing that character and then introducing the fact that she's you know got she's supposed to be this gemologist is this studier of antiquity artifacts that gives an artifact to somebody that's not even that point but also (laughs) hold on hold on you you missed you missed one valuable point she gave a smithsonian artifact that the fbi gave them to somebody else well the fbi gave to them because they're the smithsonian yeah which character is this again um hold on you you mean the riddler yeah Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you meant Electro, right? Because this is the same character. Well, fine. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not I, wrong. I mean, I think you're probably a little bit wrong, but I don't think you're a whole... I mean, it's like the weird guy that works someplace that is underappreciated and is bumbling, can't even walk right and drops things and is, you know, no one remembers him or cares about him, and then all of a sudden they become, you know, villainy. I saw, I saw the online. It's like to make someone look sexy, you put them and you change their hair. <laughs> <laughs> remove glasses. Yep. Remove change the, hair. Change the hair. Done. Heels. I mean, I mean, you seen, you seen Kissing Booth, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Of course. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, geez, this is just such a recycled villain trope, and it just—I was irritated the second I saw it, but I knew well, it was going to happen. 
the, here is where the, 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 the terrible scriptness is first pointed out to me is Barbara's dialogue where she bumbles on everything. She's someone who's, I think, moved up that, who's moved up in a, in a, in a very male dominated society, especially in the eighties. And is that, she wouldn't sound like that. The character as Barbara Minerva is presented to us wouldn't sound like a bumbling idiot. I mean, that again, that's character doesn't make sense. Well, a lot of this doesn't make sense. The DC's proven one thing is that sense it does not have to make. I mean, I don't understand. Like, this is now, Roger, we're back to. I just hope it doesn't suck. And we were up to okay. We we got we got some we got some pretty decent movies. Now we're lowering lowering the bar. Just I hope it doesn't suck. We haven't even talked about the stone yet. Yeah, <laughs> the whole stone thing. I mean, then, we, 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 we gotta talk about we gotta talk about Pedro Pascal, Maxwell Lord, which the name in itself is pretty terrible. Also, but I mean, it's the whole. He's so over the top. He's but I mean, you're Chris. You're you're, you're right. That might be how, how, how he's written, and maybe he was just – you can't elevate certain material past a certain point. I get that. I, 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 I do. Um, his – he – did you guys really think that he gave a great performance? I, no. So I don't think he gave a great performance. I don't think he would have been able to with this script in this story. I think he did fine. I think he didn't hurt this movie at all by being there. I think his character is poorly and crappily written and – ironically written and everything else you can say about that stupid character and his stupid story and his stupid son and his stupid not caring and then caring. Like, the whole thing is just so overdone. Why did Barbara get two wishes? Why not? There's no rules written for this. You know what? I don't have rebuttal news. Does it matter? (laughs) At this point? (laughs) No. I, how, about, how about people making making wishes through the through the satellite waves? Like you know what though, I appreciated that weird creepy evangelist vibe that was going on. That, that's the thing though. Okay, why not? Well, that's peak eighties though. Like that's yeah. the kind, that's the kind of stuff that was happening in nineteen eighty four. All right, all right. Like for real, televangelists like I can feel, I can heal you through the television. Like <laughs> that's that's like that's like real whacked out media no, shit that was happening. I've been up really late. In the '90s at night, and I've, I've yeah, seen those. You know, yeah, you know you're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> place hands on you through the television, like that's yeah, like that's <laughs> that I have no problem. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the whole the whole idea of what's happening though is you know you could all make wishes now. I mean, did you guys try to get the idea that we should have called that 800 number? Yes. Did you call it? No. You want to? I mean, I wish it would. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wish we'll look it up. Mean. We'll call before we call before we leave tonight. All right, all right. Um, let's and then of course his character, Pedro's character, Maxwell is a the the the, the oil tycoon. He is obviously he is also a trope from the eighties too. I mean, he's a trope from two thousand and twenty, right? <laughs> it's um, it just, me. And so let's talk about Steve Trevor coming. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not oh. done. I'm not done with the stone yet. I'm, we should be done with the stone. No, I know. I, 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 have a, I have a question. Why does he put? Why? Why does the possession thing happen? The stone can't create things, right? Wait, yes, it can. It can erect. It, it can create walls. It can create everything else. Why can't it just create a body for 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 Chris Pine character? That's that's the thing. There's no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like the monkey's ball. At least that I understand. You get your wish, but there's always a flaw to it. She can't fly. She loses other things. It doesn't have to be that he that someone else loses their life. <laughs> 
No, no. The, so, uh, why not, right? It's like if you order a turkey sandwich and it was a dry turkey sandwich. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Like, Damn it. <laughs> uh, the stone gives you what you want, but it takes something else. It gives you what you want, but it takes what you want most. Nobody wants that. So, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Is She's starting to lose her powers after. That, that's how she realizes that. Did you know like it looked like her face was melting? Did you notice that? Like they tried I'm... to make her not as pretty. <laughs> <laughs> not like you should lose all your physical abilities, but you can also be hot. Like not a thing. Damn. <laughs> that's all. I mean, that's the, she no, is beautiful though. That's the whole thing of Wonder Woman. Is she's she's classic, timeless beauty as well. Um, let's talk about the whole Chris because we're, we got to be done talking about the stone because it's just absurd and just stupid. stupid. The stone is and, stupid. stupid. And it gets a zero on on the scale of cool things. Stupid. Um, Chris, so she, stupid. I almost think so. When you make this, so when Patty Jenkins says, "I want to make a sequel to Wonder Woman," and I want to be, and I want to write it, the studio says Chris Pine's in it. That's non-negotiable. So I, I, I assume when she said, "Okay, how do I make this happen?" That's how the Wishing Stone came to be. Is a way to get Steve Trevor back into the world. I wonder how much of this Patty Jenkins wrote, though, because the other writer is Jeff Johns. I have a, who is, you know, one of the biggest comic book writers in history. I, I have a question about about Chris Pine's character coming back, and I, I mean this seriously this time. Okay. This, this how movie, does he understand modern avionics? Not, not, no, no. That's just okay. that's just another thing that I have a problem with yeah. the movie. But like, yeah. and, and how they're able to just walk in the Smithsonian and just get off, and she can just make it invisible without any explanation. I know that's her thing. I know that's what she can do. But like, you get no explanation for that. But, but, I'm gonna rub my hands together. <laughs> <laughs> I got Steve. I got this. <laughs> I have a question oh. about about how come. This movie is too long, right? We all agree. Yes, 100%. Terribly long. Why don't they just wait till the third movie to bring the bring Chris Pine back and have it be more impactful, Hold have on. more meaning? What makes you think we don't see him in a third movie? No, don't don't get me wrong. Telling you, man. No, no, she's she said goodbye to him. At that point, it's just it, it's just overplayed, then, right? But still, why not make it more impactful by just having that happen in the third movie? Because there's too much going on already. Your movie's too long, and you don't need that. No, you didn't need the whole. You didn't. First of all, you didn't need the stupid wishing stone thing. What the? Oh my goodness! And if you don't have the wishing stone, then you don't have Steve Trevor. And then you stay. You save Steve I mean, Trevor. We could have without Steve Trevor, though. Yeah. No, yeah. We, yeah. You can help us without it. Yes, you absolutely could don't tell Steve Trevor. But Steve Trevor comes back in the third one. Then he comes. He's got Pine has to come back. The character of Steve Trevor in the one one the one woman story and and our storyline has to come back. And now he's back. And now that he's done it in such a lackluster way, it can't happen again. Yeah, that's what got me so mad. She just leaves him on the sto- on the on the steps of a building to die again. I mean, he doesn't because he's someone else. But I mean, he, just- <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he doesn't because he's already somebody else. Right? He, he, he just, just gives the man control of his body. He back. just wakes up and is like, "Huh, well then." I no, guess he's I'll like, go. "Wait, where am I?" Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 you know, this dude went to bed one night and like woke up and Steve Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> He's been gone for weeks. <laughs> like, does, does, does he know everything that happened? Did he experience it as it was happening? No, no, no. It's just oh, like man. blackout, like time travel. Like you fall, like you get really drunk, and then you pass out. Like it's oh, tomorrow. This guy's but, like other stuff happened while you were asleep. This guy's still even, now. Like he asked even, me, right? Even the obvious writing, even the audience, the obvious plant and payoff 
from the first one when, when they're after they've retaken the town after the after the trenches, which is a great scene, and they talk about how magical snow is and what people do when they're not fighting wars. And then of course he goes upstairs and they have that wonderful unspoken dialogue of he goes to shut the door and she's looking at him all seductively and that wonderful score, romantic score is playing in the background. You got none of that here. None of it. None of it. As a matter of fact, I stole a score from another movie. Um, but let's but even with the snow, when in the end of this movie, Diana and another character are talking and it's snowing and it should have been a callback to the, the, the middle of the first movie when they talk about how magical snow is. And they don't even do that. Hold on. Do you know why that, that, that you got that scene, right? Do you know why? Which scene? Which one are you talking about? The, 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 she meets up with, with a character and it's, it's, it's like Christmas time and all that. Please enlighten me, Chris. Why that guy talking? that Chris Pine's character possesses, he's like in every Christmas Hallmark movie. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's like he's like the he's like the handsome guy in town in like well, so many Hallmark movies. That, that, that that's probably a shout out to is that. Is that like a real thing? Yes, hundred percent. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's. he's I, thought, I thought you were kidding for nope, a second. He's in he a, got real deep into it. I was like, wait, he's not kidding. He's in a ton of Hallmark movies, and they're always Chris. They're almost always Christmas themed. That's I think a call out to that actor himself. Well, I mean, but, I mean, it certainly looked like a Hallmark movie in that at least that scene. I bet, you, I bet I bet you Patty Jenkins is a Hallmark fan <laughs> at least Christmas time because I think that's where that came from. Sure, sure, fine. I mean, I, I, that's not that should never have made it into uh, a, a huge. It's okay. almost like it didn't belong. But yeah, exactly. This whole movie didn't didn't belong. <laughs> I would rather not have this movie than have this movie. Okay, so, so let's. Yeah. So we've been beating it up for a while. Let's talk about anything we liked. I can't tell you one thing I did like. I cannot. No, not one thing. Nothing. Oh, we already talked about the. Food. I mean, listen. I laughed at some of the stuff because it was so bad, but I don't think that counts as good. Fanny pack. I laughed at Fanny Pack hard. I know, but the, you know what? When when your best when one of your best scenes is in the trailer, that that speaks a lot about your movie. But I really did question the whole stealing of the jet thing, where she's like, "I got this," and like she walks in and like waves her badge of security. The door pops open. They walk right through the building, right onto a tarmac, and fire up a jet and leave. A fully fueled jet that's just ready to go. <laughs> a fully fueled prototype jet. I thought it's flight cable. I thought we were talking about things we liked. I didn't say I didn't like that. This <laughs> <laughs> is oh. so bad. And then they just start randomly shooting at it. Like, you're in the middle of town. Yeah, those bullets are going to go somewhere. Oh, and I also said, so while they're flying through the fireworks, I also went, like, you know some of those fireworks are going to screw up the avionics of this plane. My wife's like, you think that matters now? <laughs> no, 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 no. It clearly does not because why not? I mean, let's okay, but it, yeah, you're you're right. That's the whole thing. Is I mean, that's the that's the joke. Is that's this movie? That is the joke of none of it. You don't need to explain anything. None of it matters. So, I mean, but it, it all comes back to who wrote this one. You know, I can't say that enough. Is this is what has me? Am, am I wrong to be so mad at Patty Jenkins for writing this movie? No, well, maybe, but I mean, you got to be mad about everything else in this movie. No, of course, too. but I mean, but the but of of more of the things that pop out at me, the writing is abysmal. Now, here's the thing: though. DC signs off on all of this stuff. They have to. It's their intellectual property. I would say it would be their fault, but I've already seen just the horrific stuff they've thrown at us before. I mean, the real the real thing that makes us all, and I, I know you guys all feel the same way, this movie's not good. This movie should be way better than what it but is. That's the problem. This well, that, okay, well, that, that's the thing, right? This movie's bad, right? 
This movie is really bad in comparison to its other movie. All right. Yeah. However, and I'm going to throw something out there. This movie is right in line with the general badness of most DC movies. Yep. I'm not wrong. I know I'm not. If you take and put out what movies have been successful critically and finance well, financially is a bad way. Critically, there are two basic movies. There is Wonder Woman, 2017, and Aquaman. Okay. Aquaman itself is not overly good. It's just not bad. Yeah. Aquaman was a perfectly serviceable movie. Okay? Every other movie is bad. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I'm no longer going to be surprised when they are bad. I'm going to assume they're all bad until they're not. Yeah, but you can still be upset about that they no, are. No, here's the thing. If you stop caring... You don't have to if you stop caring, okay, but yeah, but I care well, about wait, this. Here's the, the only reason I did care about this was because... The first one was so good. Okay, but okay, if we were getting another Justice League movie, would you expect it to be good? No. Because I wouldn't. I don't. I'm I'm the opposite. I always want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but after this one, I don't think I can. They don't deserve it anymore. They don't deserve it anymore. Nothing about the movie deserves it. We got this like spark of hope from Wonder Woman yes. 2017 and Aquaman, and then it's just no, like... then they killed it. Just fizzles out, just like sand in the Sahara. Just, yeah. uh, so like, so Grace, let me ask you this, and actually, Roger, this is for you too. Are you watching George Clooney's Batman or this movie if you have to? Oh my god! Damn, that's over. Oh both DC, both DC. Let me change that question a little okay. bit. I would rather watch this movie again than Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I, just, I, would, I disagree. I disagree. Still those movies. The George Clooney movie, I know you're saying it in jest, but it's it's really bad. Chill out. <laughs> God damn it. I don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I, Roger, I'm going to take a completely different stance. I'm going to say that this movie is as bad as Batman v Superman or Justice League. Well, no, listen, it is, but I mean, I would still rather watch this again than that. Just I, I mean, my, my official opinion is, I guess. My, my, my official statement is, of the DC universe that we have now, in the DC, cinema, whatever you're going to consider the cinematic universe, uh, Wonder Woman is the best and the worst of. I mean, it's, to, to me, it's, it's got to be that. Grayson, yes, answer, my, answer my question. <laughs> what, what movie are you watching? George Clooney? Are you watching Arnold? Or are you I watching this again? Freeze. Gun to my head, I'm watching the George Clooney Batman. Yeah, he's, she's chilling <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, God, okay, okay. Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you a different. Let me ask you a, a different way. And let's, since we brought up Batman, let's talk about Batman for one second. Okay. Right. You, you can you can disagree with me all you want, but you're disagreeing about what is the Batman Begins is the best Batman movie to be made. The Nolan 2005 Batman Begins. I, I disagree with you. Well, I mean, no, no, right, right, right in that trilogy. Yeah. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is one of the best movies ever made. Yep. And you just put Batman Begins before that. Ba- I think Batman Begins is a conceptually better movie, better movie than, the, than the Dark Knight. Okay. No. Um, I no longer value your opinion about that. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But even what, Chris? What are you going to say? The 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 Tim Burton Batman movie? No, I the first Tim Burton Batman movie is excellent. Well, com- compa- especially comparatively to 
to a lot of other things we got out of the DC universe and Batman. But no, I was I, I agree both agree with Roger and I think that Batman Begins is the weakest movie in that trilogy. Because I, I, I like that doesn't make it bad though. No, it's but it true. is it is the lower of the three. That's true. I, I probably agree with that. Yeah, but I mean, none of that has anything to do with how bad Wonder Woman two is. No, oh, it was just, it was just a, it was just a good discussion. But no, Wonder this movie is. I don't. I mean, there's. Whenever Robert Pattinson's Batman movie comes, yeah, this makes me really can't do. This makes me really. It doesn't make me concerned, but I'm more interested to see how that goes because, because of this. I want it to be good. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and so another thing that's in my head about this movie and its plot and its writing. The last scene, your your big scene, everything that happens. Does no no one loses their memory, right? Doesn't seem to. So like you know, all these people, no one's gonna forget. All these people in this universe are like, hey guys, remember that one time we were sent to the world because we wish like 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 dicks. Hey. Again, again, there's no way to there's, there's no way to know. That was wild. <laughs> like, what the heck? What's yeah. happening? Again, there's, like, no way, there's no way to know because there's no there's, there's no there's no fucking rule set up. But exactly. I get yelled at for that. I get yelled at for that. Stop that, Grayson. No. Um, I get the other thing I don't like. What hinges on this is that, you, like, the whole end scene. Requires everyone that makes wishes to not be self-serving assholes. So it's like, what happens when the guy's like, you know, I don't want to be blind anymore. No, I was going to keep that five million. You know, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this all depends on so many things. And like, someone, what if one person's like, I want to blow. I wish to blow up the world. Everything's done. Goodbye. Thanks for playing. I mean, so, you're not wrong. I mean, you're, you're not so wrong because the way it would work out, some other world would blow up. So. But still, you get my I point. Know, I, I wish I everyone would die. You know, like <laughs> it's just oh, it's so poorly written. Wishes are so bad to mess with to begin with. But even the even the the final confrontation with Cheetah and Wonder Woman is also oh, we didn't even talk about that. That you know, just silly ass. It's well, just we don't silly. even because it's listen, it's bad. It's I also so bad. do want to know what the big giant gold wings are supposed to signify. Listen, just give her a shield. Like these are very cumbersome. They have to be very heavy. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. This is the worst armor I've ever seen. This is inconvenient. <laughs> Gentlemen, hold on a second. Did you watch after the credits? Yes, of course. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's... They had to... I mean, that plays a part into... Uh, I, 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 that, listen, I had no problem with that, actually. I, I did, though. The whole fourth I, I, I really, I really had a problem. Were you surprised that, by that? I wasn't. I'm not surprised by any bullshit that this does at this point. Well, but... no, I, I was surprised only because... But it rolls into the whole package of I thought Patty Jenkins was better than... Well, better than this movie, and I thought she was better than the after the credit scene, too. I thought she was above it. I thought she was better than it. Because that, that that does nothing for the DC universe yeah. or Wonder Woman. It does nothing. Um, I do want to talk about one last thing, and then yeah. we can move on to square. Yeah. So uh, it's just a question. I don't want like a philosophical discussion. <laughs> can she fly now? Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. I just I just need a clarification on this because I haven't decided if she's flying or just like the Hulk jumping real high in the air and then falling. No, no, see, see, I'm, see, okay, you asked me things, things I liked. That's actually one of the things I didn't hate was because it's one of the more intimate discussions between her and Steve Trevor explaining what flying is and what it means to fly. You feel it. 
it's flying isn't all gauges. No, I mean, listen, I understand why that comes back, but she's not powered. <laughs> you know, planes are powered. Yeah. They can drift. But, well, I mean, one of the things I have trouble with, or I did have a problem with, was the way she used her whip. Um, now, listen, obviously, when she's, when she's, you know, latching on to the lightning, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But after, like, the third or fourth time, why are we still watching this? Why is this, like, a four-minute scene? Like, why is this a thing? It's too long. That's, We've seen that in the trailer. That's the theme of this whole oh, situation. So, I mean... You know, you, hey, listen, you can't get the two and a half hours by cutting scenes early, Roger. True. That's well, not how it works. Well, so here's the thing. Like, this movie is so long. There's got to be, like, a three and a half hour cut of this movie somewhere. Oh, my. The Snyder cut somewhere? Oh, this, you know it's this there. Is, the this jacket's is, cut? This is two hours and 31 minutes by itself. Now, in theater... Yeah, you know, there's at least a three hour cut somewhere. Huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I can't imagine. I this is torture to me. Is why I can't wait for you to watch it, Grayson, and then complain about it. Because <laughs> you will. Well, I mean, if they put it out, I'm going to trash it. Because look, look, I don't <laughs> it I'm just going to say, if, if it deserves to be trashed, it deserves to be trashed. Actually, so one other thing I do want to tack on, and I, I know I said I wouldn't, but so this actually makes me even less thrilled about this whole Snyder Cut HBO thing coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. It might not be a good look. Well, I mean, I already thought it was a bad idea. I really think it's a bad idea now. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's not the greatest idea. I've, I've All right, heard. who's ready to score this beast? Because I know I sure am, and I'll I'm be gonna, go first. I'm going last. I'm going last, and I, and I have my number written down right in front of me, so it's not. All right, good. I'm going to put no other discussion and say this movie's a three and a half. Wow. Done. Wow. Yep. You went so high on that. <laughs> I can't believe you even gave it a three. What? This is a, this is a two. You said it, you said it earlier. This is as bad as the other movies and and that it comes from. Oh, it's better than those. Though. Oh, I, you, I think so. All two, I, all I two and a half hours. Yeah, because they're long too. Oh yeah. Now, you can't hold time against it for those because it's all the same. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. No, good point. Now this, this is your one major crux falls. There. This is this is a two for me. This is just bad through and through. Yeah, I'm. A, I mean, two. I thought I was going to be the odd one out, but this is this is a two, and it's. I'm being generous. Um, I'm going to say one last thing about mm-hmm. this movie. Is obviously I can watch this movie in the next twenty some days or whatever, how many ever times I want. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, I won't. I have okay. no desire to watch this movie again anytime soon. Well, okay. Here's the thing about here's the thing about that is they've. This is. I'm assuming they pushed for the day and date release because they knew this movie was so goddamn bad. I'm assuming this is why we got it on HBO. I don't, I don't know about that though, because even if it was bad, it still would have made a ton of money. It would have made. I mean, we're already seeing it still do better than most movies in COVID season. Yes, you know what I mean. And this is after it's come out, so people are telling you how bad it is now because this movie isn't doing well. Although I do see people afraid to score this thing negatively, which well, that's their own thing. It did eighty-five opening opening weekend, and then the second week, the the, the total of only at one hundred and fifteen. Yeah. I mean, that's not entirely abnormal. Um, well, the other thing is too. Let's talk about Rotten Tomatoes for one second, okay? Because Rotten Tomatoes is getting lit on fire about this movie. Because it's being praised. Well, so <clears throat> this movie before release was rolling along. They certified it fresh at like an eighty or whatever, which is its number eighty-three or something. Fun, yeah. yeah. And then the actual, all the reviews came in. 
and it plummeted. Now, listen, obviously, there are some people that are going to rate it really bad, and there's some people, listen, rate your movie however you want. But to go along and have it, like, get all these, hey, everybody says it's good, and Rotten Tomatoes is all for pushing that, mm -hmm. they had to really back that up and say, hey, now all the actual reviews are in, it scored significantly. Actually, I didn't check it. Anybody check what the score was last time? Uh, last, uh, last I saw it went from it went from 80-something 80, 80 down to like 63 like overnight. Yeah, that was night one to two. Yeah, so. yeah it was. It went down significantly in, in just 24 hours. Well, so they got to – the other thing that was brought up is like why do some people get to publish their reviews beforehand and why do other people don't? So, okay, so it did go down just a little bit. It seemed to have leveled at 65%. So. Still, I, I can't even believe it has that. I can't even believe that. I yeah, can't well, 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 even – Believe the, that. the tomatoes the, the, the tomato meter is sixty and the audience score is seventy four. How is that possible? It's not. It's. I mean, it's the the audience score is doesn't matter. It never. Oh yeah. Matters. So I mean, that's something we've talked about. Listen, yeah. Hey, you take Rotten Tomato scores as however, however you want however to you decide to. Yeah. Um, obviously, watch a movie before you make a decision on how you should rate a movie. Yeah. Don't be listen. If you're gonna rate it bad, you better watch it first. Yeah. That's the only thing I have to say. Well, well, when you rate it good too. But it's yeah. so like so something that the way I feel about this movie is someone that, you know says, "Hey, should I watch this movie?" Hey, did you like the first Wonder Woman movie? Yeah, I loved it. Don't watch this. That's yeah. that, that, that's the immediate reaction because it's gonna it you are gonna be let down comparatively. The only well, thing let's just talk about. Give me one second. So the original Wonder Woman, I would give it a nine to. Oh, that's a little high. Listen, I wouldn't I wouldn't fight you about a seven and a half or an eight. Mm -hmm. And, and well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm completely nine happy strong. saying that. So they they have three solid scenes. In nine is Pixar's soul. No, I give that an eight. Well, that's my point. You'd give Wonder Woman 2017 higher than Soul. I I, I would, and the whole point. All right. All right. As long as you're able, as long as you're willing to back up that statement, yeah, that's good. All right. You must. I mean, it's just it, it, one and a half points higher than Joker. Yeah, and and on, on par with whatever that movie was with Will oh, Ferrell, that I can't stand he compared it to. Um, so that's I never take into account the audience score and on Rotten Tomatoes. No, well, the other thing is too, and I do want to put this on anybody that I have talked to about Wonder Woman that has asked me, or, you know, what I feel and have told me what they feel. Everybody feels kind of the same. Like I have seen very few people that I know personally that like this movie at all. So. I just, <laughs> I just can't see how you could. This one's this one's rough in my book. Mm. I want I, I like I like the 2017 one. Like the the no man's land scene for me is everything I want in a superhero movie. Every time I get chills when I watch it, it feels so good. The music yeah. in that so great. That's a that's a damn good scene. And to go, and, and to, go to this is just tough. It's <laughs> a good drop because that's when she becomes Wonder Woman. That's when she puts the tiara on after having earned it, and you know she says. And Chris Pine's like, we cannot go there. And she, and then the camera goes around her from right to left, and she says, "That's what I'm going to do." And then that that wonderful music, the score comes up. In God, that's, that 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 one six minute sequence is better than this entire movie. I'm, I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm giving it a nine officially, right um, there. Oh my goodness, I'm so disappointed. I'm just complaining about how there wasn't enough '80s music in this movie. I didn't complain about that, but that's a good point because they because because well, I mean they tout this as one from nineteen eighty. They set the tone so hard with that mall scene too yeah. that, that this is what you're getting, and then they could just kind of like forget about it. I feel yeah. like you know what I mean. I mean, I listen. Any movie set in the eighties, I expect a good eighty score. You know, I yeah. I, I mean that seriously. No, that's fair. Yeah. 
And we didn't even talk about the whole fight in the White House, which was again a. <laughs> We didn't, we, didn't fight, we didn't talk about the last fight really because of how bad this none whole of, thing of, is. None of it matters. None of it matters. None of it matters. Jesus, what a disappointment. I'm sick of dark CGI. So sick of it. And it's all DC knows how to do is dark CGI. Because you know what? We see the Hulk in the daytime a Listen, lot. Nobody fights in the daytime, Chris. That's a fallacy. There's never been a war or a battle ever fought during daytime. <laughs> ever in the history of the universe. Uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> I mean, like the entire Avengers versus New York thing. I'm gonna go home and just watch the the, the three Avengers movies and be happy with myself. I mean, the, the, the second one was pretty, pretty bad. Three installments, four yeah. movies because of the two part I know, but still. I mean, the, the second movie's Age of I mean, Ultron. Pretty much awesome. three. It's like Avengers 2.5. I mean, look, if you just go and watch all 22 Marvel movies in a row, you'll feel. Better I can't go home stuff. and do that. I have to spend a week doing that. <laughs> I, I did that in three days. Sure. Probably. Um, I was going to say the Age of Ultron's pretty bad. Yeah, but here's the thing. Even if you don't like that movie, that's light years better than this. It's better than this, right? Light years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking like, yeah, light, you're right. Light, light years ahead of it. But this has been. <laughs> so I, I, I can't. The, the, the more I talk about this, the more upset. No, it's good. We're, 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 we're talking about Marvel at this point because that's what DC does to you. All right. This has been episode 207 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice on the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page and check us out on YouTube if you haven't. We are consistently getting more views there, even though we're not putting new stuff out right now. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to be taking a look at Promising Young Woman, Midnight, The Midnight Sky from Netflix, and The Wild Mountain Time from Amazon. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. God, what a disaster that movie was. <laughs>